Good morning, everyone. Let's sing Down to the River to Pray. morning we'll have a combination of some advent songs and some ordinary time songs so you can look forward to that over the next few weeks of advent that we'll be singing some advent and christmas songs every week the scripture reading the sorry the call to worship this morning is from malachi chapter 3 verses 1 to 4 i will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me then suddenly the lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant, whom you desire, will come, says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness, and the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord, as in days gone by, as in former years. Now we will invite the candlelighters to come forward. And as they come forward, let's read the call and response, which will be on the screen behind me. So, of course, you can read aloud when it says people. We light a candle of hope, and we know and experience God's righteousness, God's steadfast love, God's justice. We light a candle to see God's goodness in us, among us. Let us come together and see what God has done. Thank you. Let's pray. Lord, please be with us this morning. Holy Spirit, please be in this space and in us to love and serve one another and to draw closer to you. And we pray that the symbol of the lit candle will remind us of your presence with us and the hope that we have. Amen. Let's sing, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel.
The scripture reading for today is from Luke chapter 3, verses 1 to 17. Luke 3, 1 to 17. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Iturea and Trachonitis, and Licinius, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all people will see God's salvation. John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The ax is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. What shall we do then? The crowd asked. John answered, anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none, and anyone who has food should do the same. Even tax collectors came to be baptized. Teacher, they asked, what should we do? Don't collect any more than you are required to, he told them. Then some soldiers asked him, and what should we do? He replied, don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Morning. Well, ice storms don't last forever. It's a pretty nice day out there today. Oh, on the way home from my grandmother's uh, funeral that I had the privilege of uh, conducting on Friday, then we got stuck in an ice storm on the way back. I don't know who's all been to Riverton before or just has a rough idea of where it is. We left there at 6 o'clock and we got home at 1.45 a.m. Yeah, that was quite a drive, I'll tell you that. Thankfully, most of it was just stuck in traffic with the engine off for about four hours. But Noel was wonderful, so in the end, it was a good time of reminiscing. All right. Please bow with me uh, to dismiss children to Children's Church. Our God, we thank you for each and every one of the little ones in our congregation. God, we pray that as they go to Children's Church now, it'll be a fun time filled with learning about you. We pray also for those teaching, God, give them the words to speak. And I wanna pray a blessing upon the service today. Help it to stick with each and every one of us. In your name we pray, amen. If you have your bulletins on you, you will see a number of, uh, a number of announcements. Uh, first Monday at 1.20, ladies' Bible study. Uh, then prayer meeting at 7 p.m. At 7.30, youth is at Dawson and Bethany's this week. Uh, worship service, 10.45. Next Sunday evening, there is going to be an outdoor Christmas fun time. Is We didn't quite come up with a name for it, but at the same time, I'm very excited for it all the same. There is going to be uh, hay rides and caroling and uh, a big bonfire or as big a bonfire as I can start depending upon what the uh, temperature is going to be like and uh, individually packed snacks. So 
Uh, come on out. That's at 7 o'clock next Sunday. It's going to be a good time next uh, December 12th at 7 p.m., there is going to be an Advent service here at the church. Uh, Bethany and Jeff are the ringleaders for that one, as we can't have it at the Anglican Church this year, which is too bad, but at the same time, if you've been to one before, you will know that it is a wonderful evening uh, filled with looking introspectively that you only can, really, at this time of year. And so that is 7 p.m. on December 12th. All right, now as to items to pray for, as for us, I would ask less for prayer for uh, Shannon and I as I would for particularly my aunt who lived with my grandmother and is now going home to an empty house. And so uh, I would ask for prayer for her. And for our church as we kick off this new season of Advent, also a new sermon series that is coming at the same time. And also, a word of praise, because after this uh, past oh, congregational meeting, we had elections, and I still want to say that I am amazed at how effective the nominating committee is, as well as how willing each and every one of the people that signed up are to sign up. It was a real encouragement. And so, I'd say, pray, praise for that. And so, with all of that said, let's go now into a time of prayer. Our God, we come before you this morning, first and foremost, happy for the bright and sunny day after unseasonable weather. God, we thank you that, at least by what I know, there wasn't any deaths that happened during that rainstorm, which is a miracle in itself. So God, we pray as we go through this winter and the weather may seem up and down and unpredictable, please bring safety to everyone on the roads, please bring safety to everybody that is here, that finds themselves out there. But again, every drop of moisture we praise you for after all of these years of drought. God, we wanna bring before you our church this morning. God, we wanna bring before you our church in praise following the congregational votes, following the election. God, we wanna thank you for all of the people that put their names forward, who are willing to serve in the ways that they have stepped up. God, we pray a blessing upon each and every one of them as we look to what is to come next. And God, we also want to pray for this upcoming Advent season. Lord, we want to pray that it will be a time of reflection, a time of seeing you in new ways, a time of renewal. And as we continue on with the series that will take us all the way to Pentecost of refocusing ourselves on you, God, we pray that that will move in us like we didn't even know it could, that we will know you in a way that we never have for all of our lives up until this point. God, this we pray. And God, we wanna bring before you for my aunt this morning as she goes home to an empty house. Continue to comfort her. Continue to put in the minds of those around her that maybe today is a good day to go visit. And God, through all of this, Help her to see you as she never has before. All of these things we bring before you this morning, all of them close to our hearts. We pray them in your name. Amen. All right. Once, long ago, a prophet of the Lord spoke. His name was Isaiah. We've learned a decent chunk about him over the years, even over the last couple months. And he foretold that there would come a man, there would come a savior who was going to wipe away all of your tears. This savior will be a man who will show us how we should know God. This Messiah will be a man who will show us how to live a life that is meant to be lived. The savior will be a man who is going to upend everything and we will be renewed by what he will do. Soon, he said, soon this savior will come, soon. And you know he is about to arrive, for first there's going to come another, a herald, who will pave the way for his arrival, who is going to set the kindling, who will pour the oil upon the dry logs, so that when the savior comes and the match is lit, 
This is what the prophet foretold. But then nearly 500 years pass. In that time, there is a chunk of people who might be the Messiah, but they all prove not to be in one way or the other. 500 long years pass. In that time, empires topple to the ground, and new ones take their place, and then those new ones too topple to the ground to give way to something else. The people went from being free to being oppressed to being under the boot of the greatest army that the world had ever known up until that point and would ever know until a long time after that. And under that boot, the people grew increasingly divided. Some wanting to suck up to those who persecuted them in the hopes of making things better for themselves. Some wanting nothing more than to rise up and tear everything to the ground. And some wanting simply to retreat into the traditions that they had come from, ignoring the world around them in favor of gazing inward and backward instead. And as the time went by, more and more of the people came to long to hear the herald's cry, which the prophet foretold, and in turn to see the Savior he would usher into the world. And then, after 500 years, 500 long years, that saw empires rise and fall, that saw the people that were once together torn apart after 500 years. The call that was hungered for so long finally rang out from the wilderness. But the herald's words were not at all what was expected. Repent and be baptized, John the Baptist calls from the wilderness. Repent and be baptized, and you will know the forgiveness of your sins. At first, the people came to him unsure, only in a trickle. The herald's message was, after all, pretty abrasive. Why would we need to repent from anything? It's those that are above us who should be doing the repenting. They are the ones who are stepping on us. They are the ones that are persecuting us. They are the ones that are only in it for themselves, that have done us wrong, that are ruining everything. Why should we have to repent for anything? They're the ones that need that. To this, John just simply keeps repeating, repent and be baptized, repent and be baptized, and you will know the forgiveness of your sins. What would we even need to repent for the people keep on? We're just trying to get by. We're just trying to survive. And infuriatingly, John just keeps on with that message, repent and be baptized, repent and be baptized, and you will know the forgiveness of your sins. And so the people come at him once more. Why would we even need to repent? We are the ones who were the true believers all along. When the rest of the people fell away from the Lord to live in their own wickedness, it was us who stayed faithful. It was us who held the line. It should be them who repent, not us. To which the herald stops and turns to the group and growls, you brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the coming wrath. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance and do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children of Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the tree and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and will be thrown into the fire. And our blood chills. As suddenly we are left wondering, what fruit have we borne? Have we not for a long time coasted on our faith? What sin have we to repent for? Of course, those on our necks need to repent. 
but how does that absolve us from what we have done? The moment we assumed that things would be fine if we let them stagnate, that things would be fine if we only ever looked inward and backward, that was the moment that we would begin in time to be guilty of every sin in the world. And the people had begun to coast so very long ago. How can you listen to God if you are fully comfortable in the way that things are? How can you hear God if you think that everyone has a problem but you? How can you think that you are even listening to God if you assume that all the truths that he will ever teach you, you have already learned before? And the herald's call becomes clear in our mind. Repent and be baptized, repent and be baptized, and you will know the forgiveness of your sins. And soon as the convictions of John the Baptist begin to truly sink into the people that were gathered before him, they in turn tell what they had heard and learned to those around them. More come to hear the herald of the coming Savior speak. Believers and non-believers alike, all slowly recognizing that in this message there was something more than they had thought that they had known. Soon the people are calling out, what should we do then? To which John answers, matter of fact, as if it was the most obvious thing in the world. If you have two of something, just give one away. Be generous, he tells us. Care for one another, even if it costs you. For how can we say that we have repented of our sins before the God who made and who loves all people if we are unwilling to even share? Something that we demand from our toddlers, but somehow we conveniently absolve ourselves of the requirement of. And why? Because we don't think people in need deserve it? Who are we to decide what others need? And with his words, we feel a punch to our gut as we remember point by point all the times we could have lived out our faith in this way but chose not to because we harbored in the delusion that what was ours we had earned for ourselves and so no one had a right to it but us, not even the God who blessed us with it in the first place. How obviously foolish we can be. And from the crowd, professionals speak up taxmen, but just as easily it could be any of us who deal with other people. That is any of us. Especially if we are the ones with the things or the services they need. How should we live, teacher, he asks. Be fair. Don't collect more than you should for what you do. Be fair, the herald of the Lord tells us. Because of course he does. For how could we ever think that we had repented of our sins to God if we were unwilling to even be a good witness for him to others? We were all created equal under the Lord, were we not? So how does ripping other people off for our own benefit figure into that? Again, such an extraordinarily simple obvious thing punches us in the gut as we remember every single time when we chose ourselves and us being number one, getting our dues first because we could before the well-being of others. How very obviously foolish we can be. Then some soldiers show up, but they also look no different than you or I or any other one who is in a position of authority. What should we do, we ask. Don't extort other people. Don't cheat them. It is better to be content with what you have than to do that. John states that unfazed by the spears that we are carrying as we ask him that question. Be honest, the herald of the Lord tells us. For in our coasting in our faith, somehow we have found ourselves under the delusion that there was a difference between our spiritual life and our professional one. 
that being on the job excused us from treating those under us like garbage for our own benefit. For how can we say that we have repented of our sins to the Lord if we are so willing to threaten and hurt those he cares for to benefit ourselves just because we can? And a third time we feel the wind stolen from our lungs as we remember all the times that we have failed to live up to this extraordinarily simple standard. We think of all the people that we have hurt, cheated or worse, whether we knew it or not, all because we didn't even think that just because we could get away with it doesn't mean that we had the right to do it in the first place. Not under God. How painfully foolish we can be. And to these answers, the people were amazed. And in their astonishment, share John's message widely. And the crowd around John the Baptist grows to mammoth proportions. Multitudes all hang on the words that he preaches and in time submit to his proclamation to repent and be baptized, repent and be baptized so that you can know the forgiveness of your sins. And then the people begin to ask, look at these crowds, is this the Messiah who will set us free? Is this the Messiah that will change everything? The Messiah that will break the enemies of the Lord down? The message that will teach us how to live as human beings, is it coming from John's mouth? Repent and be baptized and you will know the forgiveness of your sins. Is that the message that our Savior has brought for us now? No. This is only the message of the herald. This is the message of the one who is setting the stage. Repent of your sins to the Lord and be baptized and you will know the forgiveness of your sins. This is the message that we need to hear before the Savior comes. Because until we take it to heart, until we realize that we are not blameless just because there are others around us who are worse, until we realize that we are not sinless just because we have been coasting by with the same faith that we've had since the day we met the Lord to begin with, until we realize that God has never stopped reaching out and it is us who have chosen to cling harder to our own sins and iniquities than give them up and change our actions to focus instead on God, until we recognize that, then the message that the coming Savior has to bring, it's going to be dead on arrival. Until we heed the words of John the Baptist, not a single syllable from Jesus will get through our shell. Until we realize that we need to make God the great focus of our lives, need to repent of our sins, those things that keep us from him and dedicate ourselves to the Lord, that whole be baptized part. Till we heed this call of the herald, the path in us will never be cleared for the Lord. And so today, this is what I call us to do. Over the weeks and the months to come, we are going to be going through the book of Luke, learning about who the coming savior that John cleared the way for actually is what he has done for us, and how that will change everything about who we are for the better if we prepare ourselves for it and let it change who we are. Over the months to come, we are going to work to refocus on the coming Messiah, and in doing that, I know we can be renewed by him. I know we can be transformed by him because we have seen it happen so many countless times before because we have felt it happen in our own lives before. But for this to happen, we need to start here. 
with John the Baptist telling us from the wilderness to repent of our sins because if we don't start here, we might as well end the series before we even begin. And so I call you to these four assignments over the weeks and months to come. First, if you've not been baptized, have not dedicated yourself to the Lord in the way that John calls, consider that step. I know we usually do baptisms in the spring and summer, but fun fact, if you feel that you need to be baptized, we're going to make that happen. I am more than willing to dig a path through 10 feet of snow if that is what it takes. So consider it. Come talk to me or email me if you want to learn more. Second, on the back tables as you go out, I put the box there myself so I know it's there, you can find copies of journals that if you are the journaling sort, I encourage you to take one free of charge. In them, you will find the passages that we're going to be covering between now and Pentecost, week by week, and some space underneath it to write your thoughts on the passage as the week goes by. From personal experience, I can tell you that journaling is an absolutely amazing tool if you want to see how your relationship with God changes over time, or if you want to see how he has been at work in your life, or if you want to see how he has worked on a particular thing as time goes by. So consider it. Even if you're not the journaling sort and just want to give it a crack. And if they're all gone by the time you get there, send me an email. I'll get you a copy, but it might not be quite so pretty as those. Thirdly, small groups. If you've not joined one yet, join one. Come talk to me or fire either me or Dakota an email on that one. Small groups are going to be following the series on renewal, going deeper into each passage than we have time for on a Sunday morning. I highly recommend you sign up. And finally, I want you all to do this. Take stock of the things in your life that are keeping you from going deeper with the Lord. And then think of how you can address them. Make time, even a half hour, and then spend that time in prayer every day, asking God to show you what the sins and things are in your life that are keeping you from diving deeper into your relationship with the Savior who is coming. What those sins and things are, ask God to help show you them. And I say sins and things because not all things that keep us from going deeper with God are necessarily things we would think of as sinful. Evelyn points this out in her blog from this past week. One of the big ones is just we don't spend enough time with the Lord in prayer in our Bibles or in church with our family. There are many things that can keep us from God. So spend time in reflection this week thinking of what they are. And if you are unsure of what these things are, might I suggest you take a page from our passage today and take stock of how you have been relating to those around you. Three groups of people ask John how they should live, and each one he responds to saying something about how they relate to other people. Are you generous? Are you fair? Do you care for the well-being of others? Or do you lack in generosity? Are you violent? Are you a cheat? Do you care for yourself far more than anyone else? Your answers to these questions, to how you deal with other people, will show you more about your relationship with God than you ever thought it would. So take stock of the things in your life that are keeping you from our Lord. And then think of how to address them. This is your assignment for the week. It will be difficult, but do it. Because as you do, likely without you even realizing it, all these many millennia later, John the Baptist will be hard at work in your life, clearing the way for the coming Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Russell, for that challenge. The preparation, the waiting.
Let's sing, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. For our benediction, we turn to the book of Hebrews. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Go now and serve our Lord. Mm -hmm.